time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Glad you're with us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap, the podcast that's going to help you get a little bit smarter when it comes to your financial and retirement planning life. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. You can find Glenn online at roadmapfinancial.com. Dot com. Glenn, on today's show, we're going to break down lots of different types of risk. This is a topic we've talked about, you know, as parts of other podcasts in the past, but today it's time to dedicate an entire episode to understanding the different types of risk. And there are a lot of them out there, but we're going to tackle five specific risks on today's show. Would you agree before we dive into these individual risks that there are a lot more risks than people realize out there? Oh, there's no doubt about it, Walter. There's there's certainly more risk than most people think about. And the, the thing is, too, that d- at different times in life, um, you're exposed to different types of risk, right? I mean, you know, as, as you're in retirement or transitioning into retirement, the, the risks that you face there are are significantly different than the ones that you face when, you know, when you were in your working years or when you were you know, 20-some years old or 30 or 40 or even in your 50s, right? I mean, those are different types of risks and different, you know, things that can come up in terms of, you know, expenses or, or you know, or, or, or jobs or this or that or anything like that. Those kinds of risks that are out there, for, you know, for you know, for that, and in, in the working years, are way different than those are that are in the retirement years. And so we got to think in terms of, you know, well, where are we? We all, you know, we always know as, you know, from, as, as an advisor, I always know that there's more risk than a lot of people are, are really paying attention to. But at the same time, we have to realize that, you know, maybe maybe you're really good about assessing your risk, but if you're moving from you know, work, you know, from your working years into into your retirement years, you also have to realize that it's a different set of risks, if that, if that makes sense, Walter. It does, yeah. Some risks will impact us more than others. Some, uh, you know, may not be a big deal to one person, but is to the next person, so on and so forth. On today's show, though, I think we're going to cover five risks that do impact all of us at some point in time, and especially if you're getting ready to retire sometime in the next couple of years. These are going to be five risks that you want to be really in tune with. And the first one, I think, is the one we have all heard of and probably think about when we think about taking risks and retirement and finances and that kind of thing. And that would be market risk. I think that's what most people think of when they hear the word risk as it relates to money, right? There's no doubt about it, Walter. That's the, that's one of the things that comes to people's mind at, at the at right off the bat. Is it's like you know, if your money's in the markets and you know it's in a variable account and it can go up and down. Most everybody has you know has that on their radar screen to some degree. Obviously, it becomes a you know a, it's a little bit bigger or sometimes a lot bigger and probably should be a lot bigger you know on the radar in the on the radar screen when you're when you're approaching or you're already in the retirement years. But there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's one of the things that you know because you look at your account balance and you say, oh, okay, well this is how much I have there, and then you know if you go through a you know like a 2008 and you know scenario and suddenly it's you know it's down you know 30, 40, 50 percent. It's like my gosh, you know it's just like you know. I felt better when it was up higher <laughs> than I than I did, you know, after that, uh, you know, that that market correction or or that bear market, you know, bottomed out. You know, it was just like, my gosh, you know, it can really be a big deal. And obviously, it's a much bigger deal if you're in your retirement years or you're within a couple years of retirement. 
versus you know if you're in your earning years and, and that money is is way out in the future and, and you and you have time to recover and you have time to you know to put more money into those accounts at lower prices it's a it's a whole different dynamic it's a huge dynamic and and one that we could certainly spend a lot of time breaking down but since so many people are familiar with that one I do want to make sure we give ample time to some of these other risks that often go overlooked but are really just as important as that market risk one so next we have interest rate risk. What do we need to know about interest rate risk? Why would that be something that's a threat to us? Well, Walter, I mean, interest rate risk is is kind of an interesting thing because, you know, you have to think in terms of interest rates if you're if you're borrowing money, you know, um, obviously you want those interest rates to be as low as possible. Right. But if you're a saver and like, you know, I remember in the, in the years way back when, you know, I, you know, you talked about, you know, your parents were talking about how much they uh, they were earning on their CDs back in the 80s and stuff like that. You know, it was, you know, when when interest rates were, you know, were sky high, you know, obviously over time, interest rates have, you know, have fallen dramatically. So when you start thinking about, well, what does interest rate have to do with, you know, with me in, re- in retirement, particularly folks that say, you know, hey, I, I don't have any credit card debt, I don't have any personal loans, and maybe they have their house paid off. It's like, you know, they think, well, that's that's not as big a deal. Well, it becomes a big deal when we think in terms of what is your, how is your portfolio, you know, put together in terms of your, your retirement funds. And if you have money that, that is in the bond market, we have to realize that, you know, that there's an interesting dynamic there in terms of interest rate risk. And so what I mean by that is, is that let's let's take an example. Let's just hypothetically say that you are um, that you're earning. Let's say you purchased a bond and you're earning four percent, you know, on on that bond, and you're going to earn that four percent until it matures. And let's say that maturity is, you know, is 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 five years away. So you're you're earning that four percent. You keep getting paid those interest payments, and everything is going along just, you know, very well. And then let's say that interest rates fall and that same type of bond would now be, if, if, if you went out in the marketplace, it would be paying 3%, right? And so now let's say that you, instead of waiting for that five years to go by, for whatever reason, you may need to or want to, you know, to sell that bond before that maturity date comes up. Well, if you go into the marketplace and everybody else that's in the marketplace is looking at current rates at 3% and yours is paying 4 well, yours is obviously more valuable than the one that's paying three. So you would be able to price that in such a way that you could actually have a gain up over and above the interest that you earn, and you'd actually, you know, you, you would be able to sell it in such a way that you made a profit or a gain. And so you, you priced it so that it yielded that next person that 3%, which is what the market uh, interest rates were. So when interest rates fell, you actually had a you, you had a little bit of a windfall, which is kind of an inverse um, inverse relationship to bond yields and the prices of those bonds. And so that's a little bit of an interesting concept for folks because not everybody really completely understands that. But when we look at the other side of that, what happens if interest rates go higher, right? So let's say we go go back to owning that four that that bond that was paying the four percent, and now let's say that interest rates move to five. And so now it's now now interest rates are sitting at five, and now you're in that in a similar situation where you needed to sell that you know before maturity. And so now you're looking at the marketplace, and they're saying, well, anybody that shows up in the marketplace can get paid five percent, and you're getting you're you're getting four on yours. If you wanted to try to sell yours, well, probably not not too many people are going to be knocking your door down to try to get that four percent when they can get five all day long, right? So what's going to happen is is now you're going to have to discount the how much money you're going to receive when you sell it because you have to price it in such a way that it's going to yield the next person five. And so 
you have to think in terms of that as to where are you positioned in your overall retirement funds and, as, and, and where we are right now at, at, at historically low interest rates, you know, there is there is significant interest rate risk if interest rates begin to rise. Now, there's some market forces that, you know, that may lead us to believe that that maybe they're going to stay down for a while. But oftentimes things, you know, there are unexpected things that happen in the marketplace. And if interest rates really begin to rise and you have a lot of uh, exposure to to the bond markets, you could actually be in a situation where, you know, the value of, of those investments may be worth less if, as interest rates go higher. The other thing that, that can compound that is what we would call duration risk. So, for instance, we were talking about a five, you know, a five-year bond. Well, what if you had a ten or a fifteen or twenty or even a thirty-year bond, right? What does that mean? Well, if you're locked into that rate for that length of time, you know, let's say it's a thirty-year bond, and you're locked into that, and you're locked into that for that length of time, and interest rates begin to rise, then that means you're going to have to discount that much more because whoever you're selling it to is going to be is going to have the, that exposure for that length of time. So you really got to pay attention to what interest rate risk really means and how it can impact you in terms of what you have in your portfolio and, and what you're going to be able to have in your retirement years. That's the skinny on interest rate risk. More complex than you might think and also something definitely worth paying attention to and at least trying to understand the basics of how that can impact you depending on how you're invested going forward. Sometimes we think things won't impact us at all because we assume one thing about interest rates and we only think about it from that one angle, maybe as a borrower or someone who doesn't borrow money. Oh, well, what do I care if interest rates go up? But it can have impacts in other unforeseen ways. Uh, same goes with inflation risk. Now, this isn't something that we tend to hear a lot about these days, Glenn, but inflation risk one day could certainly make its comeback. Sure. Well, I mean, there's there's always inflation, Walter. I mean, now it used to be you know, more prevalent and there was higher inflation, you know, back in the, you know, in the in the 70s and 80s. But, you know, it's still it's still there. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's um, it, you know, we you know, over time, you know, you see things that things things just cost more. Your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to go. I mean, you know, you, you can see that, you know, in, in a lot of variety of different things that you might you, that you might be spending money on. You know, a lot of folks I talk to and, you know, you go to the grocery store, you see, you know, gosh, you know, well, you know, things are costing more than the, than what they did even a year ago. Right. And and so we start thinking about inflation. You know, it's it's really kind of this uh, almost like a hidden tax. I mean, it's not really a tax in the in the traditional sense. I mean, you're not sending it off to, you know, to Washington or to, you know, to Raleigh or something like that. But it but in essence, it, it, it erodes your buying power. Right. It's like if your dollars that you're receiving will you know have less purchasing power, then then they are worth less. Right. So we, we want to make sure that, you know, as you're as you're planning for retirement and retirement income, that you have you know, you have hedges against inflation and you have built in the ability to have your in income increase over time or else, you know, you in, end up really going backwards. And so that's a really big piece of the puzzle. And, you know, there's a little bit there's typically, a, you know, a, a inflation that's built into, you know, Social Security benefits that goes up a little bit. A lot most of the pensions that I see, you know, when, when that pension, you know, is, is, is turned on and, you know, and activated, there's very few pensions that I come across that have cost of living increases. You do see them from time to time, but more often than not, when I see somebody has a pension, you know, it, it, it's going to be the same as it, you know, when they when they retired at sixty five, as as well if you know if if they lived to eight, you know, to you know seventy five, eighty five, ninety five, whatever, it's the same exact amount, you know, for the rest of their life. Well, obviously that can be that could end up being problematic if they don't have other other assets there or other resources to be able to have additional income or additional resources to be able to access to be able to keep their buying power as as it were. 
So you got to really be aware of that when you're thinking about your, you know, about any kind of thing in, in life. And, and what, no matter where you are, if you're in your earning years and you're saving you know, for retirement and or if you're in your retirement years. But it's especially important in retirement because there's typically when once you're in a retirement and, you know, the now your income is going to be coming from fixed sources or for the money that you've saved. You know, you, you've got to have a plan in place that's going to allow for those those resources that you have to provide more for you down the line. Those are big, I think, items to bring up there, Glenn, because inflation, yeah, absolutely is happening all the time. It can be known as the silent killer of a retirement plan if you don't plan for that in the future, even if it's not something that we're going to experience a dramatic inflation, even if it is just the creep over many, many years, that can still change a financial plan that's not willing to take that into account. So that's a big one to talk about. Uh, Then we have tax rate risk. I know this is something that you really like to focus on. Well, it is, Walter. I think it's a, I think it's a big deal. I mean, I think you have tax rate risk and then you just have, you know, I mean, even if tax rates stayed the same, I mean, there there's still a, a, the idea of being efficient. You know, we've talked about it a lot at a lot of different times about Social Security and Social Security benefits not being automatically taxable. Right. That they're taxable based on how much other income you have. So that's a big deal. But in addition to that, it's just like, you know, if, if I if I, you know, I, when I sit down with folks or whenever I've done workshops or classes or or those types of things, or you know, had had a you know had a you know virtual you know consult with somebody or over the phone, and I you know I ask the question, what do you think taxes are likely to be in the future? Do they, you you think they're likely to stay the same or go down, or do you think the rates are going to go up? Well, I I rarely hear anything other than that, that most people think that the tax rates are likely to go up in the future, and there's there's a lot of basis around that around that conclusion when we look at the the amount of debt that that the country has taken on, you know, in the in the deficits and you know in in the increasing amount of debt, particularly now with the pandemic and all the money that's gone out there for you know for coronavirus, you know, aid to businesses and and to individual people, that's exacerbated it, you know, and and made it made it that much more. So at some point. There, you know, reaches a point where the, you know, the country is going to have to pay back more than what they're currently paying back. And so, what does that mean? Well, we think in terms of, well, where does where does the government get their money from? You know, largely they get their money from, you know, collecting taxes. And so, you know, if, if there's if there's more debt and that's that's out there, well, then that becomes problematic, particularly if we get into a, a rising interest rate environment. Because if interest rates rise, there's that much more to service the the national debt. You know, and when you're you're north of twenty trillion dollars, that's just you know, I mean, it's it's a number that you can't even fathom, but it's out there, and so we got to realize that it's very likely that that we're the environment that we're currently in is probably the lowest tax you know tax rate environment that we'll ever see, and so very likely at some point in the future, we nobody has a crystal ball to say exactly when or how, but tax rates are likely to go higher, and to you know to your point. We've talked about in the past. You think you think in terms of you know you know having you know where do you want your money to go? Obviously, you want it to go to to you know to your benefit and the people that you care about benefit. But if you've got money that's in pre-tax accounts and you're in a rising in, a rising tax rate environment, well, then that means that whatever you have in that account, when taxes go higher, then then your share of that money that's inside of that pre-tax account is less, and the government's share is more. And you have to think about, well, how are you going to combat that? Or are there ways to combat that? And, and there certainly are in terms of repositioning and, you know, and, and possible you know, financial products that, that can help you, help you offset some of those risks and whatnot. But it's something you, that you really need to address or else you may or may not you know, end up where you want to be or you might not be able to you know, leave the legacy that you want to you know, leave. 
because you just got to remember if you have pre-tax accounts, you know, there is tax liability, you know, inside of that account. And the question is, is how much is yours and how much is theirs? And unless you know exactly how much you're going to withdraw every year and what the tax rates are going to be when you take it out, you really don't know how much is yours and how much is theirs. And it becomes ultimately far more difficult to try to plan when you don't know how much money you have. So difficult to try to figure out your tax situation without a good full picture of everything else going on in your financial plan. And that's why it's always a great idea to get a free consultation with Glenn and the team. If you haven't taken a deep dive into your personal finances and your retirement plan before, you can get in touch with Glenn again by going to RoadmapFinancial.com and clicking on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page or by calling 336-291-3535. One more type of risk I want to make sure we get to on today's show, Glenn, and this one impacts us all, Uh, maybe a multiplier of all other risks and that is longevity risk. Never thought you would think of living a long time to be a risky thing or a bad thing, but it certainly is when it comes to finances. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to say, I wouldn't want to say it's a bad thing to live a long time. It's but it but it can It be is if you run out of money, right? What's that? <laughs> it is if you run out of money, right? Well, that that's just it. It can make a challenging situation, right, if you don't have your money last, right? And so that's really what we're talking about is is that we want to think in terms of, you know, how long is your money going to last and, you know, do you have the ability to have you know, income through time? Is it going to last you for, you know, through not just your life expectancy, but through your entire life and lifetime? And, you know, and if you're married, obviously you and your, you and your spouse, right? But you also have to, you know, factor in there in terms of, you know, the possibility of long-term care and a variety of different things that can come into play. So we have to think in terms of, you know, that that's that's one of the big pieces of the puzzle. Right. And so, you know, it's it's important to understand, you know, what we've talked a number of times about, you know, it's like if you have money saved in your retirement account, you know, we think in terms of, well, how much have you saved? But the other thing is, is that we've talked about a lot is, is, well, how much income that can that money that you've saved produce? And additionally to that, how long is it going to last? Right. And so that's that's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle that we've really, really got to address. And if it, and if it's not something that's fully addressed, then, you know, in your in your planning, then then you really you probably need to be seeking a second opinion and just to make sure that you're going to be OK. I, I always you know, it's funny when when folks come in and talk to me, sometimes they, they'll have these, you know, these elaborate you know, studies that they do. And they say, well, you know, that you know, some advisors do and they'll say, well, you know, you have a 92 or a 95 percent chance of of having your money last, you know, and and everything like that. And it's like, OK, well, that's interesting. And it's like, well, you know, you'd rather it be in the, you know, in the 90 percentiles, you know, than 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 not on, on one hand. On the other hand, well, what happens if it's, you know, something unexpected happens? Right. And so suddenly, you know, it doesn't happen. You know, I'd rather I'd rather make sure that it's going to be there no matter what happens. And so that's really important that, you know, that, that that's addressed. It's kind of a tricky thing, but, you know, you can, you can kind of get, you know, get, get taken aback, you know, when you, you know, you have a, you know, a big, a big uh, elaborate analysis that says, well, it's, you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're very, very, very unlikely. It's one in a hundred or, or, you know, or five out of a hundred that you, you know, that you're not going to run out of money. Well, that's comforting on one hand. On the other hand, it's like, does what does that exactly mean? Does it mean that I'm going to have a, a lot left over, a little bit left over? Am I going to have none left over if things go, you know, uh, you know, different than than what I, than what we had hoped and what we had planned for? 
you know, it's it's really important to really address that longevity risk. And one of the biggest things, Walter, that I see is is that the the, the big giant missing piece in most people's planning is is what are they going to do if there's a long term care event or events, right? Suddenly, most of the planning goes out the window because it's so expensive to do, and it's and it's not. And, and most most folks that I that I talk to, particularly on you know in, in the you know in those first meetings, it's like. There's not really that piece in place, and that's huge. We really need to address that and make sure that, that, you know, that that's covered and addressed. All of these things certainly need to be addressed. Every single financial plan needs to take into account at least these five risks. And we could go through more additional risks on today's show as well if we, uh, if we wanted to do so. But let's keep it simple at the five that we covered today. So do you have a plan that can account for market risk, interest rate risk, inflation, and tax rate risk? And, of course, that big one at the end as well, longevity risk. If not, it's time to have a conversation with Glenn and get a review of your financial plan. You can do that by going to RoadmapFinancial.com, RoadmapFinancial.com, and click on the free consultation button. Or you can call 336-291-3535, 336-291-3535, your number to call to get in touch if you have any questions about what we've talked about on today's show or any other episodes of the Retirement Roadmap. Glenn, thank you for all the help on the program today. Enjoyed the conversation with you, and we'll do it again next time. Fantastic, Walter. Take care now. Come back and join us again for another great topic here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. And don't hesitate again to reach out if you have any questions. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. 